This is one of those questions that I think every coach gets quite a lot, which is uh, kind of two part. Number one, you know, how much sugar is too much? And number two, I've heard I can't eat fruit because there's sugar in it, too much sugar. And so, you know, what, what do we do with that? And, and that's not a small question. I, I would say it's probably one of the top five questions everybody has in nutrition uh, as, as a client at some point. So I, I wanted to go through and tell you guys a little bit about how fructose is metabolized, how it's, um, you know, horrible cousin as people perceive it, high fructose corn syrup is, is metabolized, excuse me. And, uh, and kind of go through some of those quality and, and quantity questions. So, so first of all, uh, you know, sugar in general gets a little bit of a, of a bad rap because of course, sugar in too high of a quantity isn't good for us. It, it can desensitize those glucose receptors. It can desensitize our cells responses to insulin, so you do end up with type two diabetes and diabetes and all kinds of other problems. Matter of fact, there are a lot of studies that, that show sugar in high quantities, even, you know, disrupt cognition. So ironically, you know, since all of our cells in our brain, you know, need sugar as energy and, and ketones can't pass the blood brain barrier. Uh, you know, that's why you feel so badly when you're in a low carb diet is your brain is just literally starving. You're not giving the, 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 the neurons, the nutrients they need for, for thought and for energy. So, so what to do with this question of, of, of fructose, high fructose corn syrup, how much sugar is enough? And it's, it's interesting that you can still see studies that are a little bit contradictory of each other in terms of high fructose corn syrup. So the one thing that I want you to know, first of all, just to start off, is that fructose itself is a monosaccharide. So it's a very, very simple sugar. It's incredibly sweet. Uh, table sugar is, is you know, not even that simple of a, of, a, of a compound. So when we consume fruit, there is that, that high sensation of sweetness. You know, you taste an apple or a banana or something, and there's, there's that sweetness. And where, where it gets a bit of a bad rap is that fructose alone can't be used by those cells as energy. So uh, our bodies have evolved to do a couple things with it uh, to make it convertible as energy. Number one, our liver will convert a, a solid portion of fructose into fatty acids to be used as energy if we need it at that time or to be stored. So one of the one of the things that I don't know if you could call it a hack uh, to eating fruit because I wouldn't want you to worry about it I wouldn't want you to think this is the only time you could consume fruit, but but when you're kind of empty when you haven't eaten in quite a while and your blood sugar is low and you need food, then more of that energy from the fructose is going to be used as energy. It's not going to be converted to fat and then stored. It's going to be converted to fat and then converted to glucose to be used. And, and that's another part of why fructose is even a low glycemic energy source or sugar. Uh, it, it either has to go through the liver to be converted to fat, or it has to go through the body, you know, the liver to be, some of it is converted to glucose. And so that, that dual prong means you don't get immediate, you know, blood sugar increases. So there's, there's kind of a, a good and a bad with that in that you don't have that high glycemic response, 
but just like alcohol, we talked about, you know, drinking wine or having whiskey or something like that. And, and the liver does kind of the same thing with ethanol. It, it can't use it directly as energy. So it converts it to fat first, then to use as energy. So again, if you're in a calorie deficit, no problems at all, your body's not going to have a, a major problem. Matter of fact, that's one of the things they even see with high fructose corn syrup is that when, when given just straight sugar, like cane sugar or fructose or high fructose corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup doesn't necessarily give you a, a different kind of response. You don't get higher fat storage. You don't get any more, you know, what, what we call like cellular damage or toxicity from higher amounts. It's just literally the same uh, in terms of fructose, high fructose corn syrup, you know, and, and regular sugar. But the problem is in the quantity. So this is why even Europe has either completely banned or highly restricted the use of high fructose corn syrup because food packagers and processors, you know, use it. It's, they, they take corn, you know, the, the sugar from corn and they, they metabolize it down through an enzymatic process to make it this, this highly available, highly sweet concentrated syrup, high fructose corn syrup to be used in all those processed foods, baking products and so forth. So it's in so many foods and it's so sweet that you're, you know, if, if left to your own devices, if you're like a, a, a child, you're going to pick those things because it gives you the most bang for your buck in terms of sweetness. So what they have found out is almost like saying to a five-year-old, you know, here's some cocaine, you know, use it if you want, you know, the same thing happens with high fructose corn syrup products is it's just, it, it's part of the childhood obesity epidemic. It's part of our entire Western culture, obesity epidemic. And, and so as happens often in Europe, they, they, you could say, care more or intervene more in public health. And so they said, we're just not going to allow this because it's kind of a, it's not an unfair advantage to those food processors. It's just letting them legally kill people with their products. Uh, so over here, uh, you know, the kind of the take home message is it's not necessarily worse. It's just that in the quantities that we typically consume it, it does make us think we're not getting as bad of, a, of, a, of an ingredient as we otherwise would. Like, like you wouldn't run around all day with a, with a jar of sugar and just pour sugar on everything you eat. And yet when you open up these packaged food products, you know, that's essentially what's happened. They have put that in there for you. So the things that we gravitate toward are just, you know, high fructose corn syrup everywhere. And, and because of that propensity to be converted to body fat, and because most people aren't in a calorie deficit, you just get that stack upon stack upon stack of extra body fat conversion. So in and of itself, fructose, not bad. Too much, really bad. High fructose corn syrup, not necessarily bad, but since it's in everything, the quantity gets too high and that makes it, it pretty, pretty rough. But I, I would say it's, it, it's an interesting thing to experiment in your own diet with just more fruit because not only are there more vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals and bioflavonoids and all of those things that make it a healthier product, but I think most people just feel better with more fruit. Uh, if you're going to use a certain percentage of your fruit from carbs, or I'm sorry, a certain percentage of your carbs from fruit, you're, you're going to naturally be avoiding more grains and gluten and things like that. And even though not a lot of people are 
severely or even gluten intolerant, yeah, you know, there's just a difference in the way you feel. And, and I would I would anecdotally ask you to experiment with that. I, I remember having one particular super high level, amazing bodybuilder as a client, a guy who had won world championships and so forth. And he said he he liked about half of his carbs to come from fruit. And he was just one of these guys who would pick up, you know, a watermelon and eat it or a cantaloupe or an apple or a banana. And just like that was part of his thing. And, and this was kind of in the Perillo era, this one, you know, quote, nutrition author who was totally anti-fruit. He, he kind of he kind of made it famous to deride eating fruit as a, quote, bad food. So, so I started doing that way back in the day and felt those same immediate benefits where I just felt like it was almost a, a cleaner burning type carb source where I just felt better. And without even thinking about it, I, I wasn't necessarily going to present this this week, but when I got this question, you know, from a client, I, I just kind of recounted, I'm like, well, do, do I still eat a lot of fruit? Let me see here. Uh, I had an apple with my oatmeal in the morning and then I had a, uh, and, and I also had a half, a, I had a half an apple and half a cup of blueberries in my, my oatmeal. Then in my post-workout shake, I had a frozen peach and a banana. So right there are probably four to five servings. If you quantify a serving by half a cup of fruit. And I do that every single day. So I'm getting four to five servings of fruit every single day. Uh, and, and I just think that's, you know, quite a good health principle to abide by, especially with some variety. Uh, I, I have, you know, different kinds of frozen fruits in the, in the freezer I use for my protein shakes. And then we often have a, a lot of fresh fruit, but, but that plus my goal to have two servings of vegetables a day, uh, it gets me pretty close to what the, you know, the USRDA would be when you include some of the soluble fiber sources and, and, you know, the, 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 just the, the other sugar sources in fruit. I think there's just a lot of benefit, not only to your health, but to how you feel, to your GI function and so forth.